Hello there, I'm Kiosa Ronin Beatmaker, and welcome to Lounge Ronin, all things, everything. To learn more about myself and how you can support Lounge Ronin, head over to my Patreon page at Ronin Art and Music. If you're interested in reaching out, follow me on social media, on Twitter, Ronin Art and Music, or at me at Kios Ronin, K-O-I-O-S-R-O-N-I-N. On Instagram, follow me at roninart underscore music. And if you prefer, hit me up at my email at roninartandmusic09 at gmail.com. And if you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and a review, and slap that notification bell. On Apple Podcasts, Please make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review as this will help me and the podcast grow. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love. Hello there, I'm Kios Theron Beatmaker, and welcome to Lounge Ronin, all things, everything. And before we get into it, make sure to hit that like button, and make sure to subscribe. Let me say that again. <laughs> make sure to hit that like button. If you're new to the channel, make sure to subscribe and leave a comment with your thoughts below. And on this episode, we're going to discuss Was Jesus Christ a shapeshifter? Now, this is uh, uh, new news to me. I've never heard of this. Um, it just happened to like passed by while I was uh, just looking, browsing through some, you know, various articles, looking for things to chat about. And I saw this and I was like, okay, are we, uh, are we saying that uh, Jesus Christ was one of the lizard people? Because <laughs> we know the lizard people, uh, shape-shifting, that's their MO. Which is kind of funny if you think about it. With like the new um, Nick Fury show that's going to be coming out, I think this summer, and it deals with the Krull. I believe that's how you pronounce it, and and they're essentially uh, shapeshifters. So it's kind of funny that like <laughs> there's this like ongoing conspiracy that like uh, the uh, the Queen of England was a shapeshifter and. And all these other people were shapeshifters or are shapeshifters like uh, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Who knows? I think it's all uh, interesting stuff. But there seems to be some, uh, an element of truth to it. So without further ado, let's get into it. Alrighty. 
this okay this was um written uh by april holloway and it was updated uh december 16th 2021 all right the ancient text that describes Jesus Christ as a shapeshifter. It was March 2013 when reports flooded the headlines about a newly deciphered Egyptian text dating back almost 1,200 years, which controversially described Jesus as having the ability to change shape. But just as quickly as the story made its way through major news sites around the world, it disappeared and was hardly and has hardly been mentioned since. Why was the study and the research surrounding this text faded into oblivion? Why has there been virtually no scholarly debate on the subject of Jesus as a shapeshifter? I think that's a valid point. Now, right here is the, the Egyptian text that describes Jesus Christ as, uh, as a shapeshift. Below it says, the Coptic text was found in 1910, purchased by J.P. Morgan in 1911, it contains a controversial description um, of Jesus as a shapeshifter. Interesting. Hmm. Now I wonder if they mean J.P. Morgan, like the the founder of the J.P. Morgan Bank. Because if that's the case, you know, that's that's really interesting. And it's like, you know, it kind of makes you wonder why um, he would purchase it. But, you know, this kind of points to another really fascinating thing. And fascinating and, and frustrating at the same time is the, the countless... Um, The, the, the countless private museums and um, and collections that probably house items, texts, scriptures that would most likely rewrite the course of history. But, you know, because of nepotism and ego and narcissism and power and knowledge, they will they refuse to, you know, showcase any of such, you know, collectible collectibles to the public. It's only for their their friends and for themselves. You know. The greed of knowledge does terrible things to mankind. I wanna write that down. I like that. Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna write that down. I like that.
Okay. Now, back to it. Judas, uh, Judas used a kiss to identify Jesus, the shapeshifter, claims Coptic texts. Written in the Coptic language, the ancient text written in the name of St. Cyril of Jerusalem, a distinguished theologian who lived during the 4th century tells part of the crucifixion story of Jesus with apocryphal plot twists, some of which have never been seen before. They have been revealed thanks to a translation carried out by Roloff van den Berek of Utrecht University in the Netherlands and published the book Suedo Surreal of Jerusalem on the life and the passion of Christ, Coptic Apocryphon. The ancient text explains why Judas used a kiss specifically to betray Jesus. According to the canonical Bible, the apostle Judas betrays Jesus in exchange for money by using a kiss to identify him leading to Jesus' arrest. The apocryphal tale explains that the reason Judas used a kiss specifically is because Jesus had the ability to change shape. Then the Jews said to Judas, how shall we arrest him, Jesus? For he does not have a single shape, but his appearance changes. Sometimes he is ruddy, sometimes he is white, sometimes he is red. Sometimes he is wheat colored. Sometimes he is pallid like Aztecs or Aztecs. Sometimes he is a youth. Sometimes an old man. This leads Judas to suggest using a kiss as a means to identify him. If Judas had given the arresters a description of Jesus, he could have changed shape. By kissing Jesus, Judas tells the people exactly who he is, shapeshifter or not. Okay. Now this painting was done by Fresco, but was done by, was, is, is, is titled Fresco by Giotto de Bondenay depicting the arrest of Christ and the kiss of Judas. Hmm. Yeah. I would I would love to find I'm going to Mm, this is really fascinating to me. I don't know about you guys, but this is really fascinating. If you're finding this as intriguing as I am, please hit that like button and please make sure to share. The idea of Jesus as a shapeshifter is old news. The understanding of Judas' kiss goes way back. According to Van den Breck, the explanation of Judas' kiss is first found in Origen, 
a theologian who lived between 185 and 254 AD. In his work, Contra Seslum, the ancient writer stated that to those who saw him, Jesus, he did not appear alike to all. Nevertheless, Van den Breck is careful to know that he is not suggesting that Jesus was in fact a shapeshifter, but only that some people in early Christian times may have thought he was. But I mean, you know, he's the writer says to those who saw him, Jesus, he did not appear alike to all. <coughs> Excuse me. No, I mean, you can interpret that as being that his stature, the way Jesus carried himself, the way he talked, his demeanor, um, the, the, the energy around him, the way people responded around, responded in his, his presence, that you could interpret that as what the writer is stating, and that is how people... For people, that's how he appeared. Um, maybe perhaps the way he carried himself, the way he talked. Perhaps there were times where he, the knowledge um, and the influence he gave was more of like an old man. And then at other times, it was more of, he gave more of a youthful presence. If you catch my drift, um, you, you kind of understand what I'm saying. You know that, that, you know that saying where like we've met kids who are like, you know, 10 or 12, you know, but, you know, they're all, they're already prepping for their, you know, 401k and their retirement plan, <laughs> but you catch, you catch my drift. Uh, so I, I wonder if that's what he is um, suggesting here and not suggesting that he was a, a, a shapeshifter, which I, I get um, because, it, you know, that's more of a, an appropriate and realistic um, interpretation. But who's to say? Because, I mean, you know, let, let's let's go here for a second, right? So if if we're going to say, um, because I, I don't know if the right what the writer's perspective is on some of the the miracles and feats that Jesus Christ. Um, did in my mind i'm i'm wondering right is let's say the writer believes that jesus christ um you know did all of those you know those feats and and miracles let's say he believes that right okay but if you can believe that he can he he walked on water he changed bread into wine um you know he took a loaf of bread and it made plenty um if you can believe those things those miracles, those abilities, you know, healing people, then how can you not believe the possibility of him being, having the ability to shapeshift? I mean, this, this whole idea of, you know, of, of these demigods uh, and, and deities and entities having the ability to shapeshift. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's nothing new. I mean, we we see it in, well, you see it a lot more in, in uh, 
and a lot of uh, mythos and uh, myths and legends, uh, whether it's in you know Asia or even in in Europe, uh, these these gods or or, or or demigods, you know, I mean, would appear on Earth as you know feeble people. Um, yet have great power or great knowledge. So I, I, I'm, you know, it's kind of like we have to kind of think about that for a second here and, and take into consideration, you know, and I know some people might, you know, scoff at me calling Jesus Christ a demigod. Uh, but if it, but it, it kind of, it makes sense in the context of the fact that if he is a part of God, then, you know, and God created Jesus Christ. I mean, he is a demigod in, in many respects. It's no different than if you look at all of Zeus's children. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny to me how, you know, Christianity will, will consider itself a, you know, a monotheistic, um, yeah, yeah, monotheistic uh, religion, yet it has all these saints, that have you know have performed all of these great miracles that people will pray to you know and to me it's like well what's what's the difference between those saints and any of the demigods that zeus has produced over time um or or have or people who have become or great heroes who became gods who were human i mean it's just an interesting thing to think about and 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 to take into consideration, and I mean, even taking into consideration with, you know, Jesus Christ and shape-shifting, you know, it almost kind of t- ties into, uh, you know, Anunnaki. You know, are, are we, are we, is it possible to say that Jesus Christ was, uh, was an Anunnaki? Was he, was he Inky or Enlil, one of the brothers? I mean, there's so many things that we could uh, expand upon when it comes to this idea of of God being a, a shapeshifter or not. And I, I find it very fascinating when more and more of these types of ancient texts are revealed, it, it, it starts, you know, it, it starts making you kind of question the narrative. And and whether or not he he had the and this is what I was saying like if you're going to believe in Jesus Christ if you're going to believe in the miracles and everything that he was able to do if I was to present this story to you would you scoff at it or would you acknowledge it as oh that's another possibility another one of Jesus Christ's great abilities and that's the thing we have to start kind of questioning ourselves about. You know, what are we willing to believe and not believe? Because if you're if you're going to sit here and look at me and tell me that, yeah, he could walk on water, you know, he could, you know, produce, he could take one loaf of bread and make it into many. He could heal the blind and, and do all these amazing things. But no, he couldn't shape shift. I, I mean, and and this is this is an, an, an issue that I've, I've noticed. And I see a trend of is where people will just, you know, pick and choose what they want to believe. So so as long as it fits, you know, their narrative of their belief system. And it's like, okay, I, I guess we can do that, but you know, you're just you're 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 living in a false reality and 
and, and, and I'm an essential realist. I deal in, in the essential reality. And things like this, whether or not he was a shapeshifter or not, you as a, uh, you who, who, anyone out there who is of Christian belief and believe in the miracles of Jesus Christ, you're then going to have to ask yourself this kind of, this question. If I believe in the miracles of Jesus Christ, can I and will I allow myself to believe in Jesus Christ having the ability to shapeshift, especially if I take the initiative and do further research on these Coptics uh, texts and what they're about and the origins? These are things like, you know, we all have to do, but like some people don't want to do that. They don't want to challenge their own beliefs. They don't want to challenge their own understandings of the world around them and the knowledge from where, where they gain and where they get it from. And I get it. You know, ignorance is bliss. I get it. You know? But you no, know, after a while, it gets hard to just have real profound conversations with people if, if they're with if they're willing to believe one fantastical idea or myth or legend yet scoff at any others because it contradicts you know their beliefs or their myths i mean it doesn't how are you supposed to grow how are you then supposed to do that extra research to kind of understand you know the origins of your own religion and i mean this is like you know you know, maybe I might, you know, I might do a separate live stream about this idea about about a recent conversation I had with a group of individuals. And, you know, I just, I, the reason why I've kind of been keeping with this theme, one, because I think it's a, a really fascinating story and really interesting and even wonderful that there's actual evidence, textual evidence that, you know, that we can look at, that, you know, we can analyze and we can make our own decisions and interpretations from. But, you know, as I, you know, delve more in, into looking at these, you know, really interesting concepts and ideas, um, it, it makes you really wonder what's the real narrative of it all. But let's get back into it, because I know I'm, I'm starting to ramble on. All right. One minute, pause for more. All right, let's get it. Okay. The idea of Jesus as a shapeshifter is old news. This was the last thing, or the second to the last thing I read. So, yeah, this is the last thing I read. So we'll get we'll go from here. The idea of Jesus as a shapeshifter is old news. The understanding of Judas' kiss goes way back. According to Van den Breck, the explanation of Judas' kiss is first found in the origin of the in origin, a theologian who lived between 185 and 254 AD. In his work, Contra Seslam, the ancient writer stated that to those who saw him, Jesus, he did not appear alike to all. Nevertheless, Van den Breck is careful to note that he is not suggesting that Jesus was in fact a shapeshifter, but only that some people in early Christian times may have thought he was. 
The text is one of 55 Coptic manuscripts that were found in 1910 by villagers digging for fertilizer in at, a, at the site of the destroyed uh, monastery of Archangel Michael of the desert near Al-Humili in Egypt. Apparently, during the 10th century, monks had buried the monastery manuscripts in a stone vat for safekeeping. Uh, the, monas the monastery ceased operations around the early 10th century, and the text was rediscovered in the spring of 1910. In December 1911, it was purchased along with other texts by an American financier, well, 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 J.P. Morgan. His collections and the texts described are now housed in Morgan Library and, and the Museum in New York City. Now, why would he purchase this? That's a very interesting. Now, this is the, the cover of the manuscript. The 1,200-year-old Coptic manuscript, which describes Jesus as a shapeshifter, incorporates the cross decoration within the manuscript. That is beautiful. Yeah. While headlines at the time of the announcement were quite sensationalist and described the text as containing uh, Christianity-shattering information, the, the publishing scholar never claimed any, anything of the sort. It is also clear that the text is not a hoax, but a genuine item published by a respected scholar and by the notable academic press, E.J. Brill. So why hasn't such a fascinating text led to further research, interpretations, or discussions among scholars as relating to Jesus as a shapeshifter? Personally, I suspect that they don't want to discuss it because it, it might potentially because it might maybe they've already known and maybe this isn't the first text out there to actually describe Jesus as a shapeshifter so for them to then acknowledge it and talk about it would mean putting it out there for someone else to be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's in this text as well. Or, hey, yeah, did you hear about it? So, but I don't know. That's just one one speculation I have that potentially they already know, they've already known. Because think about it. Why why would J.P. Morgan take this? And then I don't, I don't think it is described when this text was released. Excuse me. But... For me, it's like, okay, this information was clearly suppressed for some time. You know, it, was, it wasn't released until 2013, which is, you know, a, a bit of a minute uh, back. But at the same time, it's like, okay, it's been out there. It's been verified. It's legitimate. 
They've found the location of the monastery. They know the name of the monastery. They know everything. Everything is all confirmed. But no one will expand upon what this text means, and no one will do any research on it. And it, you know, it makes me wonder, like, if. And also, no one's coming out and discrediting it. No one's saying anything about it. They're lit- no one's saying anything. So if no one is saying anything about this, and it's been known since 2013, to me, if I was going to put on, you know, my my tinfoil hat, I, I, I would I would suspect that there is some validity to this text, and that perhaps maybe he really was a shapeshifter. I don't know. I'm just saying, like. Be, you know, because it's it, just like as the as the writer was saying, it's like only one person has kind of came out and said, hey, I'm not saying that he was shape, a shapeshifter. I'm just saying that people thought he was. And I'm like, well, what are you saying then? Because I gave you my interpretation of what he must have meant by that. But he doesn't even necessarily give his own interpretation. So and, and that's why I'm also kind of saying, like, if you're someone who believes in Christ. If you, if you believe in the miracles and then you would have to then at least um, humor the idea that he was a shapeshifter as well. I, this is a weird, so it's it's a weird conundrum. It seems like, and it almost seems like nobody wants to talk about it because nobody wants to be that person. And and perhaps if you end up being that person, you end up opening up a can of worms, and a can of worms that might cause narrative uh issues that might you know cause some rumblings in the vatican and what have you because it's just you know it's just weird um you know even at the way even as the as the article was written it's like you know it was sensationalized in the media at that time which is understandable um and you know there and I guess it's not it's it's not necessarily groundbreaking, but I think what's more groundbreaking about the situation is that perhaps the groundbreaking part didn't happen because we haven't even had the conversation to lead to that groundbreaking information. And, and I just think that's a that's a fascinating little nugget. You know, there's and I it's so funny because. I mentioned this when I, I you know, I had a, a, a live stream a while back talking about when the news came out about a mystery rocket that landed on the moon last year. Maybe it was last year. Yeah. There was a mystery rocket that landed on the moon last year. And none of the space agencies... Well, all the space agencies confirmed it was not their rocket. Even the private space agencies confirmed it was not their rocket. And nothing. Not nothing. So, you know, when you hear stories like that, mystery rocket lands on the moon. They There's even photographic imaging of the crater. But nothing. Nothing in the news. And the, the best part about it, right? Actually, you know, I'm not even going to say the best part about it. You, you got you to gotta watch the live stream for that. Um, but it, it's just, this is just one of those kind of situations and stories where it's like, 
in, in my mind, to me, if no one's talking about it, and even though it's clearly an important manuscript, that tells me nobody wants to talk about it because they've been told either not to talk about it or they're afraid to talk about it because of the implications. And I don't know what those implications are. And I don't know who would tell them not to talk about it. It's, so it's, it's, it's a very interesting uh, piece of uh, ancient history. And, and the fact that nobody's going to be talking about it. Perhaps maybe after this, it might generate some interest and some buzz. But I, I find it really fascinating. Because if, if if you know any of the if you know the stories about Anunnaki and Elohim, then then you know that shape shifting is is nothing new to the story. So I, I don't know. I just find it interesting. I find it fascinating, and I think that anyone out there, you know, perhaps there is other text out there that kind of confirms this. I really wonder. I really wonder really wonder why no one's talking about it because you would think that like theologian scholars would be would, would want to dissect this and have debates about it but nothing and it's just one of those things where I, I wonder are they being told not to talk about it or are they avoiding it because of the implications that it might cause to the controlled narrative at hand and I think those are just uh, interesting things to think about. I think this is a very interesting story, and uh, and I highly recommend everyone out there. I'll make sure to put the link in, in the description, and you can read the article, and you can also go to the museum, I mean, to the libraries. Uh, what was it called? Um, the Morgan Library and Museum, New York. Uh, so if you're interested in, you know, taking a dive into it and and reading it, it looks like you can actually probably read it in person. You probably have to like set up an, a, a schedule, a, you know, an appointment or all that, or read it online. But you know, we're we're fortunate that that information is out there. So I highly recommend anyone out there, you know, take that extra step and and read the entire text for yourself and see if you can find find any patterns or anything that uh, brings you deeper into a rabbit hole of ancient mystery within Christ. And please feel free to share that information with me. And I would love to talk about it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Lounge Ronin, All Things, Everything. And if you made it this far, please make sure to hit that like button. And if you're new to the channel, make sure to subscribe and ring that notification bell. And leave your comments with your thoughts below. And until next time, stay positive, stay focused, stay true, and much love. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Lounge Ronin. To learn more about myself and how you can support Lounge Ronin, head over to my Patreon page at Ronin Art and Music. If you're interested in reaching out, follow me on my social media on Twitter, Ronin Art and Music, or at me at Kios Ronin, K-O-I-O-S. R-O-N-I-N On Instagram, follow me at RoninArt underscore music And if you prefer, hit me up at my email at RoninArtAndMusic09 at gmail.com 
And if you're listening to this on your preferred streaming service, please make sure to subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, leave a comment and a review and slap that notification bell. On Apple Podcasts, please make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast and leave a review as this will help me and the podcast grow. Stay positive, stay focused, stay true and much love.